Hello and welcome to Sauce Talk, you loyal listeners you. We have a great show for you Warren is here. Hopefully this episode is less controversial and does not require rebuttal episode. There are some violently hot iced tea takes though so watch yourself you don't get a burned. On with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back yet again with another fantastic episode of Sal's Talk. Uh, we've got a fantastic guest on the other line. Ladies and gentlemen, none other than Mr. Warren Wilkie. Warren, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. How you doing, John? I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> we're excited to be here. We're also very excited. But we're mostly excited about that one question, Warren. Eat or drink anything good lately? Uh, well, you know, I was thinking about that, and I guess I just poured myself some uh, Art Bed Cory Vreckin, so oh, that's boy. really good. There you fucking go. So, uh, now, for the listener, right before we got started here, Warren and I did, we had a little conversation, catch up a little bit before we started, and then uh, I said I need to take uh, a big drink of water before we get go- going here, and then Warren was like, I got to pour me. A glass of scotch. And so he didn't know it, but we were going to talk about that glass of scotch regardless. And I was thinking, boy, wouldn't bother me any if I said drink anything good lately. And he sat down and told me about this. So I have had this before on your recommendation, but walk us through how fantastic a glass of scotch you have in front of you right now, sir. It's it's weird because, you know, there's always like... uh... I don't know. If you like look up scotch on the internet, you're going to be like, does it, is it single malt? Is it aged? And all this is like a brand and a name. So I don't know how old it is. I don't know if, you know, I think it's a single malt. Maybe it says that on the bottle. I don't know if it's a blend. I don't really care. It's excellent. It's, it's not cheap, but I, uh, I tend to like smokier scotches and I find this both very smoky, but also quite smooth. I, I'm, I'm right there with you on all regards. Uh, I certainly, like, when you, when you get into you're, you're spending a little bit of money, you want to make sure you're not getting ripped off. But also, at the end of the day, I feel like the good way to do that is, like, well, we know that name on the bottle, good name. And so if they say it's good, Ardberg, you like that, that'll, that's a good start. I like smokier stuff just like you. And then you specifically said, give this guy a shot. I did. I loved it. I've only had the one bottle, but I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it's extremely good stuff, and I similarly could not tell you a ton about it uh, as far as the, the origins beyond that, but I know that uh, I had a good time drinking that. I know, I know it won some awards. <laughs> I can't remember how I decided to pick it. I think I was just trying smokier things, and some people said this was intensely smoky, but I, I, don't, and I don't actually get that, so I feel like I, uh, maybe I'm more like a nerd or like immune to the smokiness of it, but I, I don't know. It's a nice... Uh, I, I, I buy it quite often, actually. I like it a lot. It, it's very good, but I, as you say, like I don't know. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't term it like a smoke bomb, where like you literally yeah. get nothing else from it. Which, by the way, I don't mind. I I, I like the smoke. <laughs> so when, when it's when it's time, I'm definitely down to throw down and just be like, just blow out my taste buds. I can't even eat anything after this for the next day and a half. That's fine. But this isn't that, but I, I think it comes through really well. Yeah, same. There's a, there's like a beer 
I uh, well, I can't have it anymore because I can't drink beer because I was diagnosed with celiac in October. Oh boy! So that's been an adventure. But I, there's some beer that is literally like too much of a smoke bomb for me. It is like inhaling a campfire. I can't. It's some German <laughs> thing. I can't. I remember I got a four pack and it took me like a year to finish it. It's like <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that again. Maybe um, if I age this, the smoke will start to fade and eventually yeah. I can drink it. Unlike. <laughs> I think it just comes in comes in stronger. Like, <laughs> like uh oh, all the beer fell out. It's just smoke yeah, yeah. now. I'm gonna die. Yeah, it's literally just liquid smoke now. Yeah, great. Uh, um, tell me a little bit more about your exciting adventure with uh, celiac disease. So I, you know, as I was mentioning, I think off off recording is that. Uh, one of the things I'm most excited about is the growing prevalence of cauliflower crust, and not only the prevalence, but also like the quality. quality like, yeah. I, I, you know, I rarely strike out, at least with frozen pizzas right now. <laughs> like they're all great. They're all they're all a great substitute. Um, and that's been kind of a challenge. Is like I don't know. I mean, frozen pizza is not like high cuisine or high, uh, or, uh, you know, very healthy, right? <laughs> but just trying to like balance that out without just eating nothing but vegetables and sure protein all the time I, I guess that's what i should be doing but i don't really want to like that's but, I mean, the life i want to lead <laughs> honestly once you go down the like you look at a pizza honestly what's most problematic is the crust so once, once you take that out and you eat a bunch of cauliflower instead you're not you're not going down too bad a road there yeah yeah um, no I, yeah the so, fiber content is really higher <laughs> no, absolutely yeah there, there's a lot more good stuff happening there um what what was it what what occurred in your life, did you like specifically go to the doctor and say, I think I might need to stop consuming gluten or was it just a random test or what, what happened? How random. Let's see what it was a part of. I don't know. There was just like a cascade, like just like a, a there were, I was having like these cascading issues that were all related to like GI somehow. Um, I won't go to like I won't go into too many details like but basically one of them involved I had to go to the same GI for like three different things <laughs> like my like my pulmonologist eventually referred me I think for because you know I have sleep apnea too yes. which is like really bizarre for but anyway You're skinny uh, long distance biking yeah. dude you're not a good candidate yeah. for that but I was yeah until I had a daughter I'm just about to think about I'm just about to start riding again, but yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, I was having this thing called like aerophagia, where it's like was pumping my stomach up full of gas. Oh boy! And they were trying to figure out like why that was happening. Um, so I went out. You know, what did I have? I had like you know uh, a colonoscopy and a scop because why not? They're both you know <laughs> both at the same time. We're gonna be down there anyway. Yeah, right. <laughs> and and I had an ultrasound because they were just doing like this general GI workup and. Uh, some of the blood tests. So I'm also like immunodeficient. I don't really make. Uh, you have you have these like classes of antibodies and one oh, of them maybe is IGA. I do. It sounds like maybe you don't. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so I don't make IgA, and that's like aside from um, a biopsy where the, and they didn't go like far enough to get a biopsy because they weren't really looking for celiac. They were just kind of, you know, with the blood testing they were probing for it. So I don't make enough mm-hmm. IgA to have a positive or negative, but my IgG tested positive and IgG is not as specific. So like you can, you can, you know, a positive result is, you know, 50, you know, something like 30% of the time is actually a false positive or false negative. So they wanted me to go strict gluten free and like all these other like random shit that I've been like complaining about for years, just like vanished within a month. <laughs> I got to this sounds like some fucking doctor house shit. 
Like, yeah, yeah. They got in there. They're like, let's start trying stuff. Like this, this guy doesn't make yeah. a lot of sense. And they were like, they, I assume they discussed Lyme disease and lupus for a long time. A little and, bit, yeah. And Not really. Like, like okay, I wasn't like last. sick enough ever to like have that be a serious consideration. But it was like on the periphery. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, Except I, for like in 2018. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I was that, really sick that year, but that was mostly asthma. But that must have been like vindicating, though, to actually come up with. A diagnosis, especially and like a relief, look, yeah, yeah. I have my my body is reacting differently now. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I think with summer coming is like the like right now. This is the only time I would kind of like like enjoy a nice beer and a hot day, right? Like can't do that quite as much. Although you reminded me about that Stone Delicious IPA, which which was gluten free. Which I when I had it, I was like, this is really good, and I didn't know it was gluten free. I, I remember that well when I lived. With you and Babs there in Springfield, you were like, I found this great new IPA. This I think it's Stone So Delicious or something like that. Yeah. And then uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I love Stone beer, but I never buy that because it says it's gluten-free. And you were like, it doesn't taste like it's gluten-free. It's fucking good. <laughs> and I had some, and it was great. And we, we drank a bunch of it. Yeah, and, it, might, it so, might be the only one yeah, that I can think of offhand. Well. If any listeners have any recommendations, feel free to... No, email me at wawilkie.gmail.com. Wawilkie.gmail.com. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that's been an adventure. But you know, Barbara likes to eat a lot of pasta. That's kind of a no-go. Even cooking it is kind of problematic. <laughs> and she made all these cookies that made me like sick uh, over Christmas, near Christmas. Do you think at this point you're getting uh, far enough away from gluten that you can like walk? Through the the hot air wafting out of the oven and like I don't know the, the cookie <laughs> I don't know I think that might make it worse because like I like I've had it accidentally a few times and each like subsequent time has been kind of like longer uh, you know because what I've been doing this what six months now so last time was about a month ago and it was pretty rough it was like at the beginning of this month like around Easter Jane gave me all these. Uh, I don't know, some of her, like, leftover food, but she didn't tell me I've been, like, sitting on top of crackers, and, <laughs> and there were, like, crumbs in it. I thought they were something – I don't know what she gave me, but it, it looked like maybe – I don't know. I think it was, like, cheese, and, you know, sometimes cheese, like, the sodium or whatever kind of comes out on the – like, on the sides. Mm-hmm. It looks like mold, but it's not. It's I, I don't know what it is, like, rennet maybe or something is coming out. Anyway, that's what I thought it was, and it was apparently a bunch of, like, saltine crumbs. Uh, do you are you familiar with the comedian slash actor Jason Manzukas? No, wait, wait. I know the name, but I I can't place. He is probably and... most famous for being on the TV show The League, but he's also in lots of other things. Uh, I know that, that, I, like I, I've never watched The League, but I know of it, so that might be how the name's ringing a bell. But uh, he uh, famously, if you listen to podcasts, he is on has a really severe egg allergy. Oh, but God. he is also oh a severe hypochondriac. And he has talked at length many times about how he will often like get in his head and be like, you know what? I'm making this whole egg thing up. I'm so crazy. I'm wrong. And then one day he'll like eat something on a set or at a party or something. And like his throat starts closing up. 
He's like, wait a minute, something had eggs. And it's like becomes that detective thing. And you can always go back and find it. And that's how like he is confirmed. Like, no, I really have this problem. Because if I eat something that touched eggs, I start to die and have to use my EpiPen. Hey, yeah, you're just, you're just like summing up the last six months. And so it sounds that's, like that's what you're going through. Yeah, it's like, oh, God. I bet it's not that bad. I feel like and I'm fucking like, crazy. Well, yeah. Something touched the saltine and my body didn't like it. So it's like, yeah, you really got that. It's, it's, it's not a made-up thing. Yeah, cause we hit, so my friend from college, Brian King, was in town to get vaccinated because he just – like he has been splitting time between where he grew up in Bureau County – and uh, Chicago, and he just then like, just like in this weird no man zone of not being able to schedule, despite being eligible even before me. So he came down, and it happened to be Easter weekend. So I was having like a great day, and like towards the end, of, this is like the day before Easter, because like Barbara's Barbara's family's in town visiting. They they're big on Easter, and uh, you know towards the end of the night, I'm like, man, I'm really not feeling good. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and, and it's like the same shit. Like it, it turned out to be the crack. Wait, that wasn't the cracker incident. What was that? Oh, we got we got food from a new restaurant that was like our old favorite place. So like our old favorite restaurant in town closed in part due to COVID. There was this weird lease situation, and also their business model was predicated on having a lot of seats filled. And you know, the, both the chefs are like husband and wife. They have they have two kids, and they just were spending so much time at the restaurant. Oh, they wanted to downsize anyway, so it was like, you know circumstance and opportunity and desires all mm-hmm. kind of aligned so they finally reopened their new place but their like kitchen is like they don't have a gluten-free kitchen right so <laughs> that can work for me I, i'm not so sick like i'm not so bad with it that it doesn't work but it but if you like like there's a pizza place in town that i'm pretty sure put my pizza on like a gluten Duh. pizza prep thing like they're usually really good and one of them just like killed me <laughs> so yeah, speaking of the investigative stuff, that's like, that's that's what's been happening. I, and then I'm like, oh, I'm just crazy. I like, all I'm having is a stomach ache, and I'm attributing it to this. I feel like this insane person. But at some point, you just it happens enough. You just got no choice but to trust yourself. Yeah, like, yeah. Like clearly, you wouldn't know which times to uh, call it out and say, oh, I think something weird happened this time. And then, oh, turns out every single time you can trace it back and find something. Yeah. So you, you, you yeah, and, and the trick is it usually progresses beyond like a stomach ache right it just like goes on mm-hmm. it gets worse and it's like 48 hours worth of this stuff and it's yeah that's that's been the weird thing about this other than that you know it's it's good to know do you think it's a thing where as you go forward and like you have a successful say three months where you don't encounter significant amounts of gluten that then if when you have your next encounter your body is like less equipped to deal with it i'm worried about that because at the outset i was like okay i'll just like eat gluten sometimes because <laughs> you know like the thought of not you're like i haven't had a, you're like like i i grew up in chicago right i love yeah. hot dogs man i love hot dogs and there are not i haven't yet had a good gluten-free hot dog bun or any, anything like that's kind of like supposed mm-hmm. to be like light right like glute, like gluten-free bread and everything is super dense and super heavy and, and it just never rises right and, uh, yeah, I'm excited for the future of a good gluten-free hot dog bun, if there is one that exists or, or will be one. I don't know. Well, <laughs> as someone who finds himself regularly enjoying a cauliflower pizza crust, I, I have to think there's hope for you here. I would hope. That, like, like, if, like, honestly, this shouldn't that be the lesser task of the two? Shouldn't, shouldn't we have crossed the mountain, crossed the bridge of 
figuring out how to make uh, a, a hot dog bun without yeah. so much gluten before we figured out how to make a whole fucking pizza crust out of cauliflower. I mean, that's nonsense that we did the second one. I, I agree. I don't know. Like the Char stuff at the store kind of works all right. There's like this whole brand of like you buy them in these like air package thingies. They do something else to my stomach though. I was they don't they don't digest well. I don't know what's in them. But something else like I it's not it's not quite like getting gluten, but it's like, you know, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't eat that. It just makes me feel horrible for about four hours. I don't know what it is. But um that that's been like the closest thing. I don't know if you've ever had those. Like you've ever seen those. Yeah. I've seen them. I've never had them. Yeah. They're they're all right. I think you really gotta cook them. Once you get them, mm-hmm. like like toast them, toast them well. But uh, yeah, it is it is pretty absurd that they <laughs> like okay, we're gonna get pizza crust for us. That's what America <laughs> wants. We don't want bread. You would think. Now, yeah, we have, I think, a fantastically aligned next topic for someone who's now. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Warren. Do you know is there gluten in iced tea? There could be actually. Oh no! Yeah. Oh no! There could be. Well, if they're using like weird additives, like I'm, bad. That's not something I've investigated, but uh, like you know, surprising thing. You, I mean, you'll find it in like soy sauce because they use a lot of like weed additives in that. But like um, sauces in general, that's actually where like a lot of that stuff gets secreted into people, or even like lunch meat. It's used as filler a lot. Like I have read that before. That yeah, both sausage. Yeah, lots of sausages. And meats, and then obvi- more obviously, like vegetarian versions of thing. But they'll often, yeah, like yeah. the vegetarian ones will defend it and be like, well, the real meat isn't gluten free either. And it's like, well, the gluten free person doesn't give a shit. <laughs> they want the thing without the gluten. Yeah. Um, but yeah. you always read that. They're like, yeah, but you know, if you, you buy an even seemingly nice Italian sausage, there's stuff in a bunch of. So I, I would there. doubt it. But I bet you there's, there's some iced tea out there, some bottled thing with some crazy flavor additive or I don't who knows yeah I bet you there's at least one I wouldn't I would I wouldn't want to rule it out well, I hope we don't encounter those bad iced teas yeah I won't buy them <laughs> um, but I was thinking the other day I read an article about uh, the the absence of the restaurant and what a restaurant means and then I I don't think the article itself went into this, but I was thinking about it afterwards, and I realized one of the big things when we think about the tragedies, the sadness that has come from COVID, mm-hmm. like the millions of deaths, pretty sad, but also way up there, I I just don't drink any iced tea anymore. <laughs> yeah, and I get, I get a vast majority of it from restaurants. We made a lot at home last year. Uh but uh, it tapered off in the winter, even though I I am not a seasonal ice tea ice tea drinker. I'll drink it any time. I just I don't know why I stopped making the winter. Oh, I similarly am not a seasonal iced tea drinker, and I always want it. But I never make iced tea at home. Oh yeah, it's it's good. We uh, I'd love to hear a lot about this. Tell oh, me about it's it's ice super. Tea. I mean, we used to just make it with like a bunch of Lipton, right? Like, and then we bought a bunch of like fancy stuff, and I can't even remember where we got it from. Um, no, are you literally talking like like regular tea bags, like you might otherwise? Yeah, use? originally it was just like regular regular tea bags, okay. like make it in the sun <laughs> and ice it up. Now we uh, we would just. Uh, 
use our little like kettle and boil it, throw it in. But I don't, I don't, I don't remember. Babs is right here, actually. Where did we get that tea from? Do you remember the iced tea? The, the same place you got it, the lapsang. Up, is it Upton? Okay, Upton maybe. Yeah, Upton Tea Imports. They have really good lapsang. If you like lapsang, by the way. So, do you now? Is it just you make regular tea and you make it like? Especially strong, and then you just ice it, and dilute it. it. Yeah, well, yeah make it strong and dilute it. Cut it in half. Down. Yeah, yeah. But, that, but we would just make it super strong, throw it in the fridge, or we cut it in half and then throw it in the fridge, and then you can dilute it to however you want, put some ice in. But yeah, we usually made it quite strong. I partially because I like it even bitter. I like stuff a little oversteeped, uh, depending on what it is. Obviously, I mean, if it's like a green or white tea, I'm not doing that. But like a black tea, mm-hmm. I, I like the bitterness a bit. Like an edge. <laughs> I, 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 I drink – I don't really like coffee, but yeah. I, I do make iced coffee as like a, a thing that I can like – I think like a cold brew concentrate, put it in the fridge, and then add some water to it. And then it's like a, yeah. I can get up in the morning and now I'm strong. And yeah. then in the evening, I love to drink, to, to drink tea, but I always just drink hot tea. And then I, I think it's just my entire life. It was just like iced tea is a delicacy. You can get at a restaurant. Yeah. And this pandemic. And I, it was honestly just a few days ago. I was like, I haven't had a glass of iced tea in considerably over a year. And that's insane. Like the, normally if I went a week without a glass of iced tea, I'd be upset. I, I love it at restaurants. Actually, our, the, the place I was mentioning, our favorite place was American Harvest. Were you over there when we you lived here? I was. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. extremely good. You were always a, a, a strong advocate for yeah. it, and I loved it. This had like a little bit of black currant in there. It was really good. I was a big fan. Oh. Uh, so that, that's how I try to make it. But I haven't I haven't made it that way at home like ever. Probably I want to. <laughs> I don't know why I haven't. I bought all these like weird mixes last summer, and they were all great. And I just kept going with those. When but, you make uh, it at home. Do you generally is it is it, is a straight black unsweetened tea or do you add anything to it? Oh no, I never add sugar. Yeah, I like the like the the floralness of it and, I, and the sugar just meets the heck out of that. Yeah, and, I you know after a while, even even just a little bit, and you're like that's all I'm tasting is the sugar. I similarly like I don't like. It, it, we I think we had a recent conversation on the podcast where we were, we were discussing how like if you want to find out how somebody makes a pizza you go yeah. there and you order like a cheese pizza or a margarita pizza one of those things and like show me what you can do and then after once you've shown me you can make a good pie then maybe we'll talk about some weird topping stuff yeah. i think an iced tea is the same way yeah and it's like well sure like yeah i'll be like i guess if i drink a coke that you told me was a tea i probably will think it tastes sweet but that's not what i want to do I, I want to drink a tea, and so I generally don't want any artificial sweetener or sugar or anything in it. Oh, yeah, it. especially the artificial. Like, I, I'm a big fan of, like, Diet Coke, but, like, adding an artificial sweetener to tea would just be, it'd be even worse than sugar for me. It would be, like, yeah. just so jarring because cause part of what I like about the tea is it's kind of earthy, and what I like about Diet Coke is it's, like, it's, like, mechanical almost, you know? It doesn't, it doesn't taste natural at all. It kind of tastes, it, it tastes, I mean, it tastes like what it is. It's quite synthetic flavor. 
That's absolutely the case. And that word earthy, I think, is smart. And I think it makes sense. And it also, you and I ha also have an a, a interest in drinking, you know, smoky scotches. And we're not so far off base there yeah. with that yeah. same sort of thing. You know what? Sometimes you want to drink something kind of tastes like dirt. And so if yeah. you're going to do that, glass of, glass of bitter tea, glass of scotch, you're well on your way. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. Definitely. I um, lost my train of thought. I was thinking about something with tea. I can't remember now. Oh, man. I no. don't know. I'm just I'm thinking about summer tea outside right now. We're, we're <laughs> heading in like like tea season approaching for sure. Yeah. Um, do you you mentioned like a tea with like a current? Is 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 that up there? Is that like one of your yeah. favorite? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So if I, I want to like, like cut the bitterness, like if it's too oversteeped, I would like you know black currants are a really good way to like. It, edge that off without detracting from it's like the tea's inherent floralness at all. It only, I feel like it only adds to it, especially if it's kind of a more diluted, you know, iced tea. Cause then you get a little of that black current at the end of the flavor palette, but you know, the front is all salty at the front. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's generally how I like it, especially in the summer. If I'm thinking like, like classic iced tea or I'm sitting outside and it's hot and like want to quench my palate, you know, quench my thirst and get a little, uh, Get a little caffeine. Yeah, that's definitely how I like it. Um, are there other... I, I, I know I've had... I can't remember where it was. I won't stall trying to think of it. <laughs> uh, but there's a place in Minneapolis where I have had uh, probably somewhat similar to the Black Current. But I, I really enjoyed like a passion fruit iced tea. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I've I've actually black currants about the edge of my adventurousness with fruits. Like I'm someone that actually usually requests no lemon with their iced tea. I don't like the lemon at all. That that was another thing. Okay, right? that, let's skip to that. So, yeah. do you, like when when you say the lemon, do you like literally mean like if they squeeze a lemon and drop it in there, that's that's upsetting yeah, to you? Yeah, I, f I feel like the acid cuts way too much into it. Like, like a drop, like an eye drop, maybe in a in a, in a twenty ounce glass would be fine. Like I could probably still, I'm not saying I have like a great palate or anything, but you know, there'd be enough to balance it out because the tea flavor is already pretty mild. I mean, mostly what I'm tasting is water actually. Like for sure. Uh, you know, when, like when I'm cooking, when I balance it out with acid, it, like putting a whole lemon in there, that's putting like five lemons in a dish, right? Like, like any amount of heat's going to cut that acid down and, uh, in a cold ice glass of water, it's going to be really prominent. And then it's, suddenly I'm just tasting, Tastes more like tea flavored lemonade. I think we are mostly on the same page here with with one slight derivation. I like the lemon iced tea, but mm -hmm. I just regard it as a completely different drink. Yeah, and like the, when I go to a restaurant and they just I, I order an iced tea and it comes out with like the lemon squeezed into it, mm -hmm. and then it's like, well, that's fine, but boy, you should have asked me because. Like that might not be what I want, and this is wildly different than a regular iced tea. Yeah, I've been lucky. Most I, I have almost never had an instance where I haven't been asked whether I want lemon with iced tea. Like I've had, I, I generally have really good experiences at most restaurants. Like I feel like some people, <laughs> some people have perpetually bad experiences either by their own doing or they're just somehow cosmically unlucky. I'm cosmically unlucky in my own ways, but 
when it comes to restaurants, I usually have a good experience, and I they never put the horrid lemon in there. It's all <laughs> they always ask me, so I've been very very lucky in that regard. But I have a hard time. I think it's because I don't drink a lot of juice, and like my daughter is definitely the same way. So there might be something to that because I didn't we didn't teach her to not like juice. She just kind of doesn't drink it, and I and the only time I ever really drank juice was like orange juice, and I think that was only at the behest of some like health marketing campaign where like oh I have to do this because. <laughs> I need to be healthy. I'm, you know, I'm just drinking this like lame ass water here. <laughs> so uh, I, I think that's what it is. Cause I, you know, I'll drink lemonade, but I'm not, it's, I'm never, if there's a, if there's a smorgasbord that includes just water, I'm always grabbing the water over lemonade. Okay. Right. Like that's my main beef with that. I think it's just, yeah, I can't deal with the lemon. I don't know. Not a juice person. I think that's reasonable. Like we've, Everybody knows it's 2021. We got to be smart. Juice is bullshit. Yeah. People act like juice is health food. Juice is sugar food. Don't eat the sugar food. It's just sugar. Yeah. Uh, It'd be nice if eating all that sugar food was good for you, but it's not. So just like you don't eat a Snickers bar, right? Just like you don't drink soda, same deal. Like grape juice in particular, right? (laughs) Like... There's so much sugar added to that. What if, what if just the worst part, part of the fruit happened to your face over and over again? <laughs> That's what juice is. Yeah. Like even even just eating fruit is not as good as everybody wants to pretend it is. But at the very yeah. least, you can't just drink fruit juice. Yeah. It's not it's like, let's it. get of all that fiber and roughage, right? Yeah. Gonna... <laughs> the part my body might enjoy. All that's out. And now we're just pour sugar down the throat and see if I get real smart and healthy. Yeah. Let's distill it a bit too, right? Like, let's get some of that water out. <laughs> Who needs no, that anyway, no, no. right? On the other hand, if we distill it and then it gets real boozy, it gets good again. <laughs> yeah, real yeah, fast. definitely. But, That's actually the best thing. Like, um, I can still drink scotch, right? Like, it's sure. distilled yeah. enough. It's not a problem, uh, thankfully, right? <laughs> Speaking of distillation, I'm just, <laughs> just looping back to this. Yeah, you got to keep issue. everything in check. You have to keep track uh, and make sure, like, oh, I, I went so long without gluten that now, like, this thing is hurting me. That means you might have to accidentally eat a bunch of gluten, like, every six yeah. months to be sure that everything I think they're going to make up. me do one of those challenges in six months just Ooh. to double check. Yeah. So I don't want to, but <laughs> but maybe it'll turn out on the – you know, I don't have it. Maybe maybe, wrong, man, right? maybe you'll learn good lessons and have a good yeah. experience. I, experience seems to be indicating otherwise, though. So we'll see. It's a It's a work in progress, right? Well, it's a future episode. We can book you now. We can put it on the calendar for like when you're going to come back and tell us about. Call my agent. <laughs> oh, oh, great! Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll have my people my manager. contact your people. It'll be fine. Yeah. That for the listener, that was Warren telling me he's never coming on the podcast again. Oh. <laughs> I would love to come back on. Well, I would love well, to, but well, I, I do have to talk to my manager. <laughs> Well, you know, try to do a good job finishing this episode out. We'll see what happens. I've been watching a lot of Kirby enthusiasm, so that, you know, I'm starting. I feel like I'm in Hollywood. You're, you're, right? you're in yeah, that, that language. You're, yeah. You want? You know, hey, if if you could have Jeff Garland call me, that would be fine. I have no problem. Yeah, I, I I might have to preempt you on that. Call. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, if you get the chance, just give him your own number and see if he calls you. Call me again. Like he'd probably be better off. <laughs> oh um, man. Warren, uh, our next segment, I, I have to ask, mm-hmm. what sauce are you bringing to the table this week? So I recently was recommended this, uh, and it, 
I, you know, I just saw it at Lowe's of all places too. I ordered it online first, but I saw it at Lowe's now. It's called Secret Aardvark. It's pretty good. Been liking it. It's recommended by a friend. Uh, a friend I actually met via gaming online. Because, you know, I, I sometimes game with a mirror still from law school. Mm-hmm. And uh, this guy's like an engineer in the Bay Area. And he recommended this Secret Aardvark Harbonero sauce. And it's really good. It's like uh, not your typical hot sauce. It's kind of... It's got a lot of like uh, I don't want to call it umami, right? Like I feel like that phrase is so played. Like I, I like think that. if it's the phrase, it's the phrase, though. Yeah, it, it just has a much like it has a bold flavor. I want it's really more just kind of an oniony flavor. It's like habanero and onions, which are, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, that's a magic. Sounds combo good to anyway. me. Yeah, yeah. yeah spicy and oniony. Yeah, I can eat that all day. Uh, so that's what I'm bringing to the table because it, it it works really well with just about everything I've eaten in the last uh, four months. <laughs> I would normally put hot sauce on at least. I've been eating it with like like uh, I get these frozen falafels, Ooh. And, uh, just because I don't you know, want to go through the pain of like running my food processor to chop lots <laughs> And they're really easy to make for lunch because we all, or at least I work from home now. Barbara and I both do, and I I need to eat lunch quickly. And so um, I do that with that. I eat it with the you know I put it in soup a lot. I put it in although I'm not drink eat, eating soup that. That much is drinking, eating. Do you drink or eat soup? What do you do? Uh, I, let's not even go down that road. That's yeah, that's, that's its own feel, episode. Yeah, I feel like that I might have to have like three different guests to get all the proper angles. We, two is not you the consume soup. Size. That's what that's what we know. Yeah, the soup goes in your body and then you're full. <laughs> so uh, it's yeah, got some, been, it's uh, got some secret artwork in it, so you have a good time. Really good stuff. I, re- I very much, I would very much recommend it. It's nice to have in like a hot sauce rotation. It's not like your, um, remember those co-op sauces I was buying all the time? Yeah. Uh, those are, I still love those, but, uh, those great. this is vastly different because that's more like an accent heat. And this is like, if you got something bland and you need not just heat, but flavor, this will add it. Like, it's really good. Would you say this is like, like those are probably have more of a garlic base and this is more of an onion base? Yeah, I mean it's got garlic too, but I I really I really taste the onions. Yeah, but that, that's, that's just me. Your description of it is the onion being forward is extremely appealing to me. I yeah, like it's the, you know it, it's described as like Caribbean or something and hot sauce. I I I, I don't know. I don't I, you know most of what I think of like Caribbean food is like jerk jerk, jerk spice. Yeah. It's not like that, so <laughs> but, I don't know what they're referring to at all. But yeah, definitely very onion forward. Uh, it sounds extremely good. I'm gonna look into this. Yeah, definitely. It's got a little blue aardvark on it. It sounds really good and like kind of a different sauce. Do you have like an ingredient list available around there? Yeah, actually I do. And uh, I was wrong. First of all, there's no garlic in it. Oh, so wow. you know, sometimes the onion can kind of you know, especially when it's like cooked in with sauces and stuff, kind of mix up. But the, the first ingredients are, you know, white wine vinegar, pretty obvious, roasted tomatoes. So this is described as like a Caribbean slash Tex-Mex sauce. So I think that's where the roasted tomatoes come in. Habanero peppers, onion, which is uh, describes why, why you know, onion it indicates why it's yeah. so onion forward, yeah. right? Like, And then carrot, which Ooh. I think is the hot sauce secret ingredient that's best of all. Like every, every hot sauce I've had with carrot in it has just... I don't know what it does, especially when it's kind of like a bit more coarsely chopped. Not like super coarse, but I would say like diced. Just, I don't know. It, it 
it adds this you can't taste it right <laughs> i don't know what it does <laughs> but it really kind of balances out the heat it helps it i feel like it develops pockets so to speak i don't even know it is just i i think it's if you see carrot in a hot sauce it's usually a good idea well i have to say i was excited by the prospect of this sauce before but especially with the onion being so forward, the carrot being so prominent, and then the audacity to be like, yeah, we didn't need any garlic, so it's not there. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is no... clearly a very unique sauce. It sounds really good. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the carrot is just, I don't, man, I don't know. Like the, My favorite sauce from Co-op has carrot, and it's like it's basically habaneros and carrots and vinegar. And that one's so good. And, um, yeah, I don't I, I wish I knew more about hot sauce making to, to explain why that is, but I would I would recommend any hot sauce with carrot in it. That's what it comes down to. I don't know a lot about hot sauce making, but I know plenty about hot sauce eating, and I'm excited to do that with this one. It's going to be really good. Uh, Warren, we have time for just one more main segment on the podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, what I have termed this final segment is regional hype foods. And uh, so when I say regional hype foods, what I'm really talking about is foods that are largely dedicated to a specific area. It wouldn't necessarily have to be the area where you live or even the area where you grew up. If you have a, a certain extremely regional food we could talk about any of them like the most prominent examples like the i think the most famous example in the country would be like the philly cheese steak everybody philadelphia likes that we know a uh, uh, friend of the podcast bill kalish is from western new york everybody there talks about their garbage plates and they're very good but there's lots of versions of this but i also have been thinking especially in and You'll see where this uh, segment came from when I talk about my own example. My more prominent example is uh, it doesn't have to just be uh, such a thing from a restaurant. I also we also have uh, like regional things that you might buy from the grocery store. And so there could be like, oh, we have this certain brand of marinara sauce that is extremely good. Or we have these chips that are so good or this this we have this local type of ice cream that is so good that we only have in you know a certain subsection of the country warren do you have anything like this you can think of that you're an especially big fan of um this is a tough question i uh so springfield's really famous for uh it's horseshoe, yes. but I'm not super excited about that. Let's, let's, let's <laughs> stop first and dig into that. So have have you ever been excited about the horseshoe, or have you always yeah, been a horseshoe yeah. skeptic? It's fine. You know, it's – let me – I'll describe what a horseshoe is. It's like an open-faced burger with fries on top and then cheese sauce poured all over it. Sounds good. It's, yeah, it's good. I don't know why it merit like it merits its own like – thing right uh, it doesn't seem like unique to me and those are all stuff i might have separate from each other or even the cheese sauce on the fries but just putting on the burger i don't like i'm gonna like <laughs> i don't know why it's so special it there, seems... there is some extent to which it is like a nascent famous bowl in a way that you don't particularly yeah. care for yeah it's like i can eat it you know it's like yeah it's like a burrito bowl right 
you know, it, only you put the uh, the burrito wrapper in the bowl too, right? Like it's just <laughs> like, serving like, please, it differently. Don't way. accidentally <laughs> let me not get as many carbs. So that would be a tragedy. Yeah, can I, I have a burrito bowl, but I want to line it with meal. the. <laughs> just don't wrap it up. I don't want to. <laughs> I'm very against that, right? Like if I can that's kind of what it is. On the side, I'll just eat the whole bun <laughs> on its own, and it tastes like shit. That'd so there's great. good, you know, there's good, uh, there's good uh, horseshoes, and people that are really into them are like, oh, it's all about the cheese sauce. I'm like, okay, but it's still just cheese sauce, like, not really the horseshoe then, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, what am I like? I'm, you know, I already mentioned that I'm excited about a potential future that in- includes gluten-free hot dog buns because that way I can eat a Chicago-style dog that tastes correct again. It's not a Chicago-style, Chicago-style dog bowl, right? Like. <laughs> uh, I think dog bowl is not perhaps the best way to advertise this extreme. That is exactly how I would. <laughs> you got to put That's your collar getting, on. Okay? You need a dog bowl. <laughs> um, no, this actually reminded me, and I, I hope I didn't talk about this the last time I was on. But uh, in, on our way to Colorado, when I had to officiate this wedding a long time ago now. Well, first off, you should tell this. Is, I know this story. You should build the story up tell tell us about uh how you got out to colorado and what happened oh god yeah so we went to the airport and uh you know so i'm i was like the wedding officiant because i was really good friends Very with the bride and groom to the wedding yeah and we had to like do the rehearsal and everything and our flight got canceled for uh inclement weather when uh. it was a bright sunny day in st louis and the location where our plane was coming from because you can track that now was also coming from a nice, bright, sunny place, <laughs> and it was going to a bright, sunny place. But what would happen was, at least as much as I surmise, and I, I feel I feel very Larry David saying this, but it was like our flight was not profitable, so they rerouted it to a more <laughs> profitable line, and they said it was canceled. And I was like, this is crazy, because there was no other reason. I like I saw that plane eventually take off. What kind of murder tornado is in between that plane and St. Louis that is right? preventing yeah. you from even like going around it in here? The plane was Makes coming no from sense. Chicago. The whole state Makes was Makes no sense. So, and it had just come from Philadelphia. Like, anyway. Uh, so after like stewing about that, we were walking back to the car and Babs was like, well, we can just drive there. And that was, I don't know. I'm still like, it's like hero moments, right? Like, I don't know. I was, I was so glad she was on board with that because that was the only solution. Like, the, you know, uh, there there are rules that say they have to reimburse us with a comparable flight. And it was like a three layover flight the next day. So Ugh. I'd be late and I have to go to these different cities. It's like, how is this at all comparable? This is crazy. So we just drove there straight through the night. We were like... it, it does feel like an extremely clutch moment in your life. It is like, well, yeah. I am in this town. I got to be in that town to do my friend's wedding. Yeah, Plain so we drove from it. St. Louis I guess to I got to do it. Yeah, Boulder? No, we didn't go to Boulder. We went to Vail, Vail, Colorado. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And uh, so we didn't have any time to stop or do anything on the way out there because, first of all, it was mostly at night. And driving through Kansas, especially like western Kansas at the in the middle of the night, there's just there's only one highway. There's two highways in the whole state. And yeah. one is, goes north-south in the east end of it. And this one that goes west, and it doesn't even go straight west. It kind of like dog legs up north, just slightly. It taunts so you. Just like, so yeah, you can't. You're, like, you're constantly like turning right a little bit. Like, uh, you're making pretty good progress, but what about a little bit more Kansas? Yeah. But driving out there at night is is like driving on the bottom of the sea, especially when we were because nobody's out there except for this weird guy that tried to get us to stop, who was standing yeah. in the middle of the road. Uh, with his car, all his car lights were off. He's like surprised us. Oh boy! Uh, 
Yeah, it was terrifying. We do not want to stop. <laughs> like, I don't know what would cause him to not have battery power when you know we could see cars ahead of us people were passing in before us not know. having neutral to get out of their way let's, let's get yeah, off the fucking we, road we had, we had to go into the opposing lane to that's get horrible he wouldn't get out of the way he would he was he was gonna get hit yeah. by us bad news everyone i ran out of neutral so i have to stay here i can't push my car off the road yeah Cray- oh no, his car was off the road. He was standing. Oh, oh, in the middle of the road. <laughs> oh yeah. Even another worse, interesting right? choice. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. ran he out of decision making. I have to stay in the middle of the road. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, so on our way back, I, I was posting about Colorado, and I had, a, I had a friend from a small town in Kansas called Selena, and uh, I don't remember what I was posting, and he was like, "You need to stop in Selena and go to the Cozy Inn," Ooh. and so we did. And you can smell the onions from like a like not a mile away, but you you open the door and you smell the onions. And with this, the cozy inn is like like if you like White Castle but are sometimes disappointed by it, or you're disappointed by White Castle, this is what White Castle is supposed to be. And it's, it's <laughs> the burger is like half onions, but it doesn't taste like onions, which is a weird thing. It's I don't know how to describe it. You just order a lot of them, and you they make them right there on the same like. You know, this is starting to sound like very like travel channel, like you need to find this hole in the wall. But they, uh, you know, they have a griddle there or whatever that they've been using for like, I don't know, the last century, maybe more. It's a really old place. 90 years, 90 years. Sorry, Babs is here. She's correcting me. She's fact checking me. Uh, (laughs) We don't like that on this podcast. We have a strong policy against that, but that's Johnny says we have a strong policy against that. We're anti-truth, anti-fact. Now, now we're like the reverse of the last whatever. Anyway, uh, <laughs> these burgers are excellent. If you're ever going out to Colorado on this this one highway, you need to stop in Salina and get this. Like I hype this regional food so much because is it you call it the Cozy Inn? What's the Cozy something? Yeah, the Cozy Inn. Yeah. Well, I think it was like featured on one of those maybe like Guy Fieri shows or whatever. Not yeah. Is that is that the Drivers, diners, drives, yes, or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was featured on that, and maybe, maybe even like, uh, I don't know, another one. Not quite so. Uh, uh, the word I want to use is cringe, but I feel like Guy Fieri has like transcended that. I don't know what it is with his with this whole. Like, I don't. I don't feel comfortable yeah, making fun of that. Honestly, that, like it's. We're not gonna. I'm not gonna say like that can be its own episode to the same extent. But it is a little weird that, like, everybody was like, man, look at this fucking idiot for half of Guy Fieri's career. And now the second half is like, Guy Fieri is fucking great. And let me yeah. tell you what. Yeah, it's, like, not even ironic. Like, Every, people just, like, 180 on it. Everyone – here. let me do – here's my impression of everyone on the internet, male or female. Guy Fieri can get it. Like, that's the <laughs> mainstream opinion. Everybody's like, you know what? It doesn't matter who I am. I'm going to bend over, and if I see Guy Fieri behind me, I'm having a good day. I don't understand it. I appreciate it. And as as a big guy who's kind of weird, I like it. I'm down with everybody being like, maybe I need to find me a man who reminds me of Guy Fieri, because I might remind some people (laughs) of Guy Fieri. Especially my younger days, I did have the peroxide blonde hair in high school. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I could I could get Walking some of that going. That's, yeah, yeah. I, no, I could also be the Smash Mouth guy whose name I do you know that guy's name? <laughs> oh, no, I don't. know. I don't either. But he's the that other was, guy. Uh, yeah, he's I he's the same, but he's like the uglier, less cool version. Sorry, to very that much guy. less cool. Sorry yes. to that man. Yeah, but um, 
I don't know why we decided Guy Fieri was so cool. He mostly, like, I got to tell you, if you like a fat guy who just eats cheeseburgers all day, feel free to meet me three years ago. You hung out with me. I was was doing that. If you can market aioli to the masses by calling it donkey sauce, yeah, you're good in my book. Doesn't make a lot of sense, but also, like, I want to eat that shit, so fine, sure. Yeah. And I didn't like mayo as a kid. I I don't know what happened, but a switch flip when I turned 30, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah, I need that Uh, on most things. A switch flip for me at the moment I was born, and I was like, give me that fucking mayo, (laughs) mom. Um, I have a regional hype food. Are you familiar with kitchen cooked potato chips? Yes. Why am I familiar with that? I ordered them from someplace. I didn't know what the heck they were. I believe they uh, the like what they call them at a restaurant at least. I was like, aren't they all cooked in a kitchen? Well, <laughs> I am spe- I, 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 I am specifically talking about kitchen cooked potato chips, like you might buy at a grocery store, and that are manufactured in Farmington, Illinois. Uh, they come in a a white bag, and despite being described as kitchen cooked, uh, they plainly display like a large red oh yeah pedal i know those yeah those are I, from illinois th- those are uh until recently were manufactured exclusively in farmington illinois and bushnell what? illinois both of which like bushnell oh, yeah, like 15 all the time. minutes from avon yeah. and farmington's about half what? an hour from avon yeah we went to bushnell when we visited i think yeah that, that's exactly right we did um i think about now this is an aside that no one Besides, you and Babs could possibly give a shit about. But I think about that time you came, to, you and Babs came to visit me. Oh yeah, Avon a lot. What a a wonderful day that was. That was. It was uh, like it was like a dream, actually. Yeah, I, I and honestly, especially in the context of like not having a strong relationship with my hometown and like living there after like I moved out and went to school and stuff, and then being back there and then like my new friends were there and we walked around the town and saw all these places uh it, it's it's one of my favorite days to look back on yeah same actually uh, it, was, it was an extremely cool time but we can discuss that another time i will. And, i just want to say thank you because it like you like shared stuff with us like it was it was a, it was a great day I, I i i think i thank you as well um if i had if I had gotten drunk and walked around my hometown alone, it would have been very sad. So I'm glad you were there. <laughs> yes, same, actually. My, my town's <laughs> also, a little bigger. if you had driven to my hometown and gotten drunk and walked around alone, I'd be like, well, that's even more fucked up. <laughs> yeah, that would All be these people have very... big problems. Yeah. I, um, I, you should be concerned if I did that, especially like today. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, guess where I'm recording from. Oh, no. Uh, but yes, kitchen-cooked potato chips. Now... It's important to note that the kitchen cooked potato chip of today is not the kitchen cooked potato chip of yesteryear for multiple reasons. First off, I did a little research. Kitchen cooked was purchased by the Utz brand Ah. in 2019. Uh, Now that said, that is of relatively minor importance, I believe, compared to... Because Uts, they're, they're still... Uts does good stuff. Yeah, Uts does the good Pennsylvania, stuff. Pennsylvania, right? Yep. And, and I like the other Uts stuff that I've always had. Mm-hmm. But also, uh, I've had kitchen cooked potato chips since then, including very recently. I ordered them on the internet. <laughs> and they were extremely good. But yeah. 
they aren't quite the same as they used to be because kitchen cooked potato chips might be the least healthy food I've ever eaten. Because you know how uh, maybe one of the things that set kitchen cooked potato chips apart is that they uh, used solid fats to cook. Oh, food. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I I remember at the very end I I looked into it when I was reading about like the trans fat ban <laughs> that was coming yeah. up, and I looked and a serving size. Of kitchen cooked potato chips had three and a half grams of trans fat. Wow. Which meant that like if you ate a whole bag of kitchen (laughs) potato chips, that's like, well, first, like obviously the recommended consumption of trans fat is none ever. Yeah. But like if you ate a whole bag, like you ate more than you might expect to eat, period, in any length of time. Horrifying. And so, of course, there was a big controversy. I, I had family members sending me links because like, kitchen cooked potato chips in Western Illinois a very big deal. Everybody was very yeah. excited about them. And so I had family members who would be like, look at this government overreach. They're making, like, can't we just choose to eat these chips? I'm like, no, we can't choose to eat trans fat. It's fucking poison. We got to just not have it. Yeah. But, it's like, like, previous to the, like, they, they changed their recipe. And then, like, six months later, they changed the recipe again. And uh, after the second change, it was, like, the first change, they didn't really get it right. And they were trying to just make their same chips with different oil. And then after that, they changed it again. Much better. They're they're, they're very comparable. But, like, the days of my youth, eating kitchen-cooked potato chips, you would, like, eat a chip, and it would be extremely good. And then you could, like, if you put it, like, directly into your mouth... And then closed your mouth and ate it. You would be able to feel like oil accumulating in like a three-inch ring around your mouth because it was so thick and dense. You shouldn't eat this. You can't be eating this shit. It's it's the worst thing. Like it's it is just literal poison. You don't eat this stuff. And so it's good they got rid of it. But the chips I definitely eat my own fair share of full bags of that. Absolutely, you know, boy oh boy, (coughs) yeah. But now uh, you can you can you can still get them. It's like kitchencooked.net. I guess they got they got sniped by somebody, and you can order them. And they don't have any trans fat, and they're still they're they're very very good. And I'll tell you, I ordered several bags somewhere recently, and I remain humiliated by how quickly the bags were gone. Uh, to me, to a person from. Western Illinois, they are the best chips I've ever had. And so they are absolutely my regional hype food. Even if they're not the same, I like them better because I don't want to eat the garbage that I used to eat. They're still not good for you, but Jesus Christ, you can't eat. Oops, I accidentally ate 36 grams of trans fat yesterday. What a bad day I had. Yeah. I expect to die in 24 hours. Um. But, Man, I, I I didn't even know any of this. I didn't know Kitchen Cooked was, was an Illinois thing at all. I've had them a bunch. It's, yeah. Uh, I learned something new every day. I had a cousin who worked at the Kitchen Cooked factory in Bushnell for a while. Wow. But uh, they crazy. didn't like it very much. I, uh, I'm trying to think of some other regional. I, there's one that I 
I wish I could remember. I know Zaps from like Louisiana. I don't know if you ever had those. I have had those. Yes, yeah. I've had the the Voodoo ones or whatever. Yeah, the Voodoo ones good. are good. Yeah, those yeah, are great. Um, I'm trying to think of another one. I can't. I don't know. I wish I could remember. I know Jays used to be made in Chicago. My dad was big on those when I was a little kid. I always liked Jays potato chips too. I remember those fondly, but they were not a regular staple. Yeah, but you would. They were. They were my house. <laughs> I'm trying. Oh man, that's crazy about kitchen cook, though. I, I'll have to. I'm gonna try some out. I haven't had any in a long time. I I, I, th- I believe they are like at least when I was there. I think you can usually run into them at the grocery store in Springfield. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. No, we don't. We don't get them up here. That's why I had to order them online. But I, I yeah, definitely in uh, West at Western Illinois Central. I think even in Champaign. I think they had them. But I'm not sure about that. But I also, as a kid, remember, like, my uncle who lived in Wisconsin, every time he came down uh, to visit, he would go home with, like, 15 bags of potato chips to, like, draw out over the next several months until he came back. Man. Man. I, uh, I'm missing out. <laughs> well, I haven't had potato chips in, like, a year at least. I can't remember the last time I had chips. I, I used to eat them all the time. I'm certain you're better off. <laughs> Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. Is it a life worth living without chips? I don't know. I think you're doing okay, know. buddy. <laughs> uh, Warren, we have time yep. for just one final segment. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? Oh, you know, earlier today I thought of something and I I didn't write it down. What if I, I got very little to plug? Oh man. I'm going to fill you with dead air here. Oh, there's no dead air. I actually do have a plug. I'm going to totally back you up here. Okay. Back me up and I'll think about it for a second. Yeah. On HBO Max, mm-hmm. I really enjoy a black lady sketch show. Have you watched any of a black lady sketch show? Black ladies? No, I've not. I've never, I haven't even heard of it. I've been so disconnected from like modern news and media. I, I, I did the Oscars just happen? The Oscars did just happen. I got yeah. I didn't even know that. Um, I didn't even know that. I, I can tell you that uh, season two of a Black Lady Sketch Show just started, mm-hmm. and uh, I really enjoyed season one of a Black Lady Sketch Show and season two. Like only the first episode is out. This is still HBO, so they still like to do things. Yeah, one a week and drawing it out. But the first uh, episode of season two, they've slightly rearranged the cast. The cast, I believe, uh, one of the mem- one of the cast members from the first season was unavailable, and so then two new people joined the cast, including uh, Lacey Mosley from previous plug of mine, uh, Scam Goddess. I'm a big Lacey Mosley fan. Uh, it's just a great show, and I think this season's going to be even better. If you like, uh, if you're open to liking a sketch comedy show in 2021, it's extremely good. There are certain elements of it that are serialized, despite yeah. the sketch nature of the show. Yeah. So if you are interested, I do recommend you start at the beginning of season one and walk through. But also, like if you just want, it, if you watch it, you're going to have fun. You're going to have a good time. Yeah. There's one weird thing that happens. Uh, basically there's one serialized sketch that happens like twice in every episode that is maybe the best one 
But everything they do is extremely funny, and it is a great show, and you should watch it if you like things that are funny. So I just wrote it down. It. Yeah. I'll check it out because I, uh, without going into any, too many de- too many details, I have a stupendous amount of free time at the moment, just compared to last year at least. So well, the, I will definitely check it out. This sounds like a fantastic way to. And this it. actually gave me an idea of things to plug. I have two small things. Oh yeah, let's go for it. I would. Uh, I just plugged one of them to you, and that was uh, inadvertently a, a day or two ago. If you're at all interested in like light physics, uh, oh yes. that yeah, check out PBS's Space Time. A lot of fun, a lot of like 15 minute things that are kind of like bite sized and good jumping off points for learning about uh, astrophysics and uh, cosmology a little bit, and then uh, you know speculative sci-fi even. And then the other thing I'm going to plug, and this is a more ridiculous plug, but uh, you know. It's not the first time I've seen it, but uh, if anyone hasn't seen Uncut Gems, I would definitely recommend seeing it. I have seen Uncut Gems. I like it very much. Um, And I I know some people in uh, the main listenership of this podcast have seen it, but I doubt very much that it's everyone. I second that plug. But I I think we can do an extremely brief side segment here. I have watched... Well, I watched Uncut Gems... When it came on Netflix, or it's on Netflix, I think. Yeah, yeah, it and, is. Uh, so, like, I heard it was on, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's supposed to be good. I'll watch. I'll watch it." And then I watched it, and I had a lot of fun, but I found it very stressful, and I didn't watch <laughs> it again. Now, tell me about your experience uh, watching Uncut Gems. <laughs> so, I wanted to watch it for a long time. I had heard all kind of the hype and everything, but uh, I don't know. I'm just someone that doesn't. I mean, we don't get like films like that here frequently. Uh, so when I, when I heard, when I saw it was on Netflix, I proposed watching it to Barbara, but she kind of, I don't know, blow it off is too strong. We just didn't watch it for a while. And then one mm-hmm. night I was like, I'm just going to watch this. And I got five minutes into it and I was like, okay, this is really good. <laughs> <laughs> I got to pause it. We're going to watch it together. And we watch it. And that movie is a trip. Uh, and I've, you know, when Barbara and I get into like films or like directors or just uh, any any type of like media type consumption, we tend to like really dive in. So we've we've watched it quite a few times. It's uh, <laughs> it is very stressful. It's cathartic, as though that's I think that uh, Barbara and I were talking about that today. It's very very cathartic. We we kind of like watching people yelling and arguing a lot. Like a lot of our media consumption tends to. Oh. <laughs> Barbara's over here saying she's just like Howie, if you've seen the movie. Except <laughs> people want legal advice instead of, like, you know, him paying them on his gambling debts. Like, and that's true. Like, working from home with her for, like, a year, people are always asking her for questions. Like, I mean, or like asking her questions, just seeking out answers. Sometimes she's not even the correct source. And that's, that's I mean, as a state attorney that's also i also face the same issues because i have a lot of contact with various states agencies and are always trying to ask me legal advice i'm like i do this one very specific thing and that's all <laughs> i'm allowed to do otherwise i can get in big trouble because then i'm like seen as giving advice as uh, you know from the attorney general's office <laughs> um yeah that movie though i don't know what it is i really love that movie i uh i, I don't even want to say how many times i've probably seen it probably close to like i don't know do you want me to say? I don't. I don't even know, honestly. Maybe seven times. I don't know. Quite a bit. You, you know, we, we were doing that a lot with like Kubrick a decade ago when we got all those movies again and we were able to watch them. I remember um, this. You and Babs had 
had an ability to rewatch something that I just didn't have. So like it would yeah. also be like if a if a new TV show came out and like oh you know episode seven was good, I'd like be in the house and you guys would just I, I'd like come home from work and you guys would just be like watching it again. Yeah. And you're like, oh yeah, we're excited for the next episode. So we watched the last one four times. And like my brain can't do it. And you guys were just like, I know everything about it. And I was, you guys are like, you can you can take so much more in than I can do. I have nothing yeah. on this. So I've, I've always been impressed. And so when I heard that you guys were having a big uh, uncut gem run, I was like, I can't even imagine what it must be like in that living room these days. It is a very polarizing movie, <laughs> to say the least. Some people, like, I like nobody, I've yet to meet anyone that likes, I mean, there are some people, like, there's obviously, like, meme accounts dedicated to it that are, like, by weird, obsessive people, too. <laughs> but uh, everyone I've, I've talked to about it, especially, like, like I'm pretty eccentric. And uh, if you go more towards, like, and everyone is in their own way eccentric, you know, what, I think I was. I, I think while we were watching uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, I mentioned something effective. Like people often don't account how like weird the average person actually is. True. But anyway, uh, most people are like, you know, even if they enjoyed it, like I can't watch that movie. Again. <laughs> that <laughs> like, was just, me. Yeah. Yeah. Good movie. I think I'm going to put that one on the later base. Right. Like. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It, so it's it's a very cathartic movie. And then like when we like something like that, we just. We like to learn a lot about it, like how it was made, um, what sort of, you know, hypothesizes to like what the writing choices were, like how did certain things come about? Because like every movie is full of all this random stuff. And a lot of a lot of it is more intentional and workshop than people realize, even if it's not intentionally workshop. It's like everything that's in a movie, especially if it's like dialogue, right, or like a set piece, it's not accidental. Somebody made a choice. And somebody probably got questioned on that choice at some point. This and is even the talk, it's a minor decision. This is the talk of somebody who's watched too many Stanley Kubrick movies. Oh God, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> like you know why that book's in the background, don't you? Oh, yeah. Let me pause this for a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But you're exactly well, right. And and that's even more true of him, and not just because of his nature, but because like his crew was typically mm -hmm, quite mm -hmm, small mm -hmm. and quite like tightly knit and yep. they were constantly workshopping like the scripts were constantly being evolved and you know the movies famously took you know didn't cost a lot of money to shoot because he didn't have any crew there but they took forever you know and that because they were working on it it was very organic in that sense like you know they want to credit him as being this mastermind of everything but if you look at any of the interviews like for space odyssey for example you know a lot of the weirder stuff in that is just somebody proposed it you know he was uh some, you know, I'm getting off on a big tangent here, but he was pretty argumentative. But if you had a good idea, he'd hear you out, right? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of that was done by committee more than people realize. And, th and most movies are kind of like that, right? You know, there's there's a director, and if that director is really good, they're the better equivalent. And the word I like better, and it applies better to TV, is showrunner. There's always somebody. It can be the director. Frequently, it's a producer, depending on the type of film. Frequently, it's they're the same person. It's somebody who's overseeing the big detail, the big movement of everything. But you get that, you get down to the nitty gritty stuff. There's all these design elements that come out and they are the choices, the summation of sometimes mostly not random choices, a lot less than people think. And that's, that's what really interests. That's what really grabs Barbara and I, because that's like this whole process. And, and weirdly, and I'm going to sound like some crazy dad here, but like, <laughs> like my daughter's like that too. Like, 
when she learned that there's like behind the scenes stuff, she wants to watch all that. She she like likes to watch the credits, and uh, especially if they have like uh, you know cut material, she really likes that. She really likes to see how her animated films are animated and put together. So it's neat that we might be sharing that with a third person in the venture. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just occurred to me now. I, I know another reason this movie is such a perfect alignment for you in that uh, when, when when I lived with you and Babs, we talked a lot about how fucking cool Kevin Garnett was. Oh, yeah. And and so yeah. like, what a dream that you're like, oh, here's this, this, this good movie I'm interested in by these people I like. And they're like, mm. who just rolls in and is like, I'm just going to fucking eat all the scenery be the main center of attention whenever I fucking walk onto the. And he's amazing in it. He's, he's really good. Incredible in that movie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and something I learned is that uh, he he like he went he like did a lot of acting classes to like get really good. Like, I mean, <laughs> they said he was already like that, you know, just with the way he would act on court, you know, all the, all the like the showmanship yeah. stuff. But like, uh, and that that he was like, you know, he always. I mean, if you watch basketball, you know. If you know Kevin Garnett's reputation, I won't like go into it, but like, right, like, very much a showman, right? But uh, he's putting his fucking jaw out there, yeah. But it was all very serious to him, even on court, right? Mm-hmm. And and same thing in this movie, like he does a really good job in it. And apparently, behind scenes, he was just like working his ass off. He's he just doing really well, yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, he was great in that. I was I was shocked, and it made me so like the thing, the kind of questions I ask, like I start I start wondering about these directors because I don't know them at all, you know, I don't. Uh, I, I start wondering, like, are they are they good? Are they really that good? Because <laughs> they what's what's great about this film is they tend to draw out very natural dialogue in people and these very natural kind of weaving conversations that meander in and out. And getting people to act naturally on stage or on camera is incredibly difficult, incredibly difficult for anyone just to do that for themselves. So a lot of time you need coaching or directing in this case. So is it the directors or are they just you know is this lightning in a bottle? I, I, I'm excited to see what they do next. I know, I know one of them's involved in like uh, maybe a Marvel movie. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not really big into Marvel movies, but I was surprised to hear that. I got nothing on that, but I am extremely pleased that out of like we started the plug segment with Warren saying, "I don't really have anything to plug," and then we found an entire bonus segment at the very end of the podcast. Oh what, yeah, what a gift! Yeah, definitely that's usable. I'm sorry I'm so ranty right oh, now. Not, no, please, no apologies. That, was, that yeah. was the best segment of the podcast. Everybody, <laughs> I, 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 if, whether you've seen this film or not, time to watch it again. Let's go. Do yeah, it. very unique. It's, it's definitely a, a high point. All the movies that they've done before it feel like they led up to it. Uh, in a way, they did. Oh, my God, I know one more crazy thing about this. Uh, if you want to hear one more, let's do it. Re- short. Okay, so they wanted to make this movie, and while they were in the Diamond District, because their dad used to work there, and it's based on a story that their dad told them, they were, you know, trying to find people to fill in roles in the movie, and you know, add some characters, right? And they met somebody uh, whose story was so interesting that they decided to make a movie about that, and and that movie is Heaven Knows What, right? I haven't seen that one. And so while they were making that movie, they uh, – God, what were they doing? There's a guy in the end of Uncut Gems. His name is Wayne Diamond. He's just like – you'll know him when you see him. Aptly named. Yeah, just a character. I, they were, I think they were filming Heaven Knows What, and they were at a bar in the area. And they heard this guy like just like 
his voice is like piercing through the crowd, like yammering on about who knows what, some crazy stuff. And, uh, oh God, how did they meet him? Oh, I'm, I'm meandering too much. I'm sorry. This story is not going over so well. Basically they made heaven knows what while researching uncut gems and then Robert Pattinson saw it, heaven knows what, and said, I want to be in your next movie. So they wrote a movie for him, and that <laughs> was uh, Good Time. I don't know if you've heard about or seen that one. I don't know this movie. Way more stressful. Even more stressful? Than, uh, Uh-oh. Yes. Oh, it is not a good time. I'm out on this one. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, it's a bad time. <laughs> and somehow... Wayne Diamond fits into this picture somewhere. That's how he winds up in Uncut Gems. But both of those movies were made because they were trying to do Uncut Gems, essentially. And so Uncut Gems, uh, them getting Robert Pattinson, I think, is what allowed them to get Adam Sandler for Uncut Gems, which was ultimately the perfect casting choice, I think. So it's very bizarre. Anyway, that was uh, I was losing focus on that one. No, I, I think your point, though, is good in that that idea of ratcheting up to the proper person to have in your movie and how like that is in many ways like what the career of being a director is, is yeah. that it, 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 it's not simply saying like, oh, well, I'm a good director, so I will have actors X, yeah. y, Z in my movie. But you have to like build a resume to get the next job to get the next job. And yeah. then, like. I, I I am extremely critical and not a fan of uh, – there's a lot of what I view as revisionism and people mm-hmm. want to be charitable to yeah. middle and late period Adam Sandler comedies. And I just think it's not there. And yeah, to be perfectly honest, great. I no. think a lot of it stems from the influence – this is – boy, is this going to be a hot take – but the influence <laughs> in – White in mainstream culture uh, for people who are like us, yeah, of comedy podcasts that ha- are hosted and guested by people who want to be in Adam Sandler movies, and so yeah. everybody's just got to fucking say like, oh, actually, that movie with him and Drew Barrymore is so good, and I love it because oh, oh, you just terrible. fucking hope he calls you to go to Palm Beach to make the next one. But for some easy filming, right? Exactly. But at the end of the day, these movies are fucking garbage and we don't They're need terrible. to watch yeah. them. But no. goddamn, if when he shows up and wants to do it, he can do it in a way that is meaningful differently. And so much of it is based on his shitty movie career. Because yeah. that influences how we see him and what his performance oh, means. Yeah. And that is absolutely the case. And something like this, and goddamn, if I'm not going to be cliche, and of course it's Punch Drunk Love. Every, everybody's doing Yank Yank because Johnny's talking about Punch Drunk Love again. But it's <laughs> fucking true. I watched it again somewhat recently. It's as good as ever. And, it is good. Yeah, uh, it's really but, good. Yeah. You, we don't need to hear Johnny fucking jack off about that. <laughs> the but the point remains, when he wants to do that, it means something that someone else giving the same performance wouldn't mean. So uh, whatever it takes to go get that man to come be in your serious movie and not say that we're going to do a bunch of bullshit and put it on Netflix for to fulfill my <laughs> shitty-ass racist movie content contract. It's not no good. Yeah. His stuff is really bad. Don't let, it, don't let him pilot the movie I, that I, way. Yeah. I, I, my, my final plug for this movie, you know, 
my meandering lack of like break, broken sequence of how the movie came about, notwithstanding the ratcheting up, how I would plug this movie is you know you know you know that like first album by a great band that's like they spent their whole <laughs> life writing. Yeah. I'm like man, that first one's just so good. Like everything they did afterwards, pretty good. But man, was that monumental. That's what this is because in many ways it is still their first movie. It just took them a circuitous route to get to it because it needed bigger bigger names and more money and yeah it's it's that it's just a re- it's just it's lightning in a bottle it's really great you should definitely watch it if you're a fan of cinema i think there's a lot to that idea of a great band's first album a, a great band can execute their vision on a first album but a great director probably can't execute that same vi- that yeah. a great vision in a first film in most circumstances but obvious rare exceptions we were all thinking yeah. of them and there's uh but, <laughs> but in general you just it, like there's a difference between making 10 songs or 12 songs and making a movie yeah and, oh yeah and, and so like there's always got to just be like you know what maybe i'm gonna put this in my back pocket <laughs> maybe 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 every one of my best ideas isn't in the first thing i do Agreed. Or, or maybe I, I, I can reuse my best ideas in my first real movie. But when I'm writing it, when I'm putting a fucking song on a on a record, it's just going to be that song. It's it's just me and my skill. I'm not relying yeah. on a whole like mountain of workers and people. Like there's few movies that are able to do that on the first movie, and there's a few movies where they don't need all that. But this is if they you know they easily could have blown all their best ideas on their first movie and it just wouldn't have been as good as it could have been right like i feel like that does happen quite a bit especially with people that are just eager to break in and that it's just the industry's so different you know the the economics just aren't there and they're worse now right like with the consolidation oh, of it's it's so different you know Another there's no there's is, no equivalent to podcasting for movies its right own, it's just its own episode it's yeah. just like you know boy it I didn't know that I only that I mostly liked the forty million dollar movie until the forty million dollar movie didn't exist. Yeah. And now all you get to see is the five million dollar movie and the three hundred million dollar movie. And and it's like, oh, yeah, starving. I, I have a lot of friends that were like from Chicago and they they tried to get in like comedy and that's a big deal. Like like movies, like there's there's no forty million dollar co- summer comedy movies anymore. Yeah. Like you know, you like them or not, that that is a, that is a dead that is a very dead genre. Yep. Like the quality of that, like the equivalent quality of the modern version of that, are not as good as they used to be, nowhere nearly. And that's just, uh, yeah, it's a very weird situation we're in. I think COVID's only exacerbated that, unfortunately. Well, now everything just gets dumped onto HBO Max regardless. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Nobody's yeah. making anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a very weird situation. Warren, that's been our show. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Johnny, pleasure. Thanks for letting me talk about Uncut Gems. Unfiltered. Uncut. (laughs) Very happy to do it. Best wishes in the intervening.